0: Good morning. I'd like to welcome all of you to our worship service here at Reveille United Methodist Church. We welcome those who are joining us in person. We welcome those who are worshiping with us online. We are so glad all of you are here with us on this Transfiguration Sunday. Uh, our preacher this morning is the reverend kelly lane we are in our uh, final sunday of our sermon series entitled uh, a beautiful city and today kelly will be uh, preaching about how reveille can be a hub of faith hope and action in our city today so welcome this morning i do have a few quick announcements Uh, I want to let you know that uh, this Wednesday is Ash Wednesday, which is the beginning of Lent. So on Tuesday night, we will be having a pancake supper sponsored by our men's prayer breakfast that will take place in our uh, fellowship hall. So we invite you to uh, join us for pancakes and bacon and sausage and all those great things that we love to eat. Uh, And then on Wednesday, we will be having our Ash Wednesday service. There will be a noon service in our chapel and then a 7 p.m. service here in our sanctuary. So we invite you to that Ash Wednesday service as well as we kick off the Lenten season. Uh, Next Sunday, on the first Sunday in Lent, will be Youth Sunday. Uh, So the youth will be preaching and leading worship here at the 11 o'clock service Uh, At the 8.30 and 9.30 service, uh, Pete will be preaching, and it will be a regular worship services uh, for those two time periods. Uh, We welcome you this day. I invite you to look through the bulletin and take note of all the other announcements and what is going on in the life of our church. Uh, The Lord be with you. Let us worship the living God. I invite you to stand in body or in spirit and join me now for our call to worship. Holy God, we come to the mountaintop to be covered in your presence. We are comforted by your holiness and your glow. The mountaintop reminds us why we worship you. We witness your bright power and your plan for the nations of the earth. As we prepare for worship, God bring us to the mountaintop so that we may be inspired to do your work in the valley below.
1: Maybe May we be inspired by the great hymn of our faith, Immortal, Invisible, God Only Wise. You'll find this on number 103 in the hymnal. Please join me in singing.
0: Having gathered into the presence of the Holy God, let us now confess who we are by saying our prayer of common confession and then our silent personal confession. Let us pray. Holy God, we confess we are often more fearful than faithful. We choose the easier path because we fear the consequences of taking a stand for what we know is right. Forgive us, we pray, for both those things we have done and those we have left undone. Show us that your ways are the best ways. Help us to honor you in all that we do and trust in your saving grace when we fall short. Enable us to live in ways that allow us to be agents of your transformation. Hear now the good news. Shine, Jesus, shine. Fill the world with your glory. Fill us with your grace and your mercy. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Thank you to God. Amen. I invite you now to share signs of peace and reconciliation with those around you.
2: you will turn to page 39 in your hymnal. You may follow along. Brothers and sisters in Christ, through the sacrament of baptism, we are initiated into Christ's holy church. We are incorporated into God's mighty acts of salvation and given new birth through water and the spirit. All this is God's gift offered to us without price. I present Thomas Whitfield Bowersacks for baptism.
3: And now, as you present this child into the faith, (laughs) he is just smiling at me and I can't stop. (laughs) We are going to ask you, as parents, questions. And by answering these questions, not only do you indicate your faith in Christ, but your desire to pass that faith on down to him in the days, years, and years to come. So now on behalf of the whole church I ask you, do you renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness, reject the evil powers of this world, and repent of your sin? If so, respond by saying, I do. And do you accept the freedom and power God gives you to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves? Again, I do. Do you confess Jesus Christ as your Savior, put your whole trust in His grace, and promise to serve Him as your Lord, In union with the church, which Christ has opened to people of all nations, ages, and races. I do. And will you nurture this child in Christ's holy church, that by your teaching and example he might be guided to accept God's grace for himself, to profess his faith openly and lead a Christian life. I will.
2: And do you, as Christ, body, the church reaffirm both your rejection of sin and your commitment to Christ? We We do. do. Will you nurture one another in the Christian faith and life and include this child now before you in your care? With With God's God's help, we we will will proclaim the good news and live according to the example of Christ.
3: Christ. We We will will surround this child with a community community of of love and forgiveness. that, that he, he may grow in his service, service to others. We, we will pray, pray for, for him, that, that he, he may might be a true disciple who walks in the way that leads to life.
2: Let us join together in professing the Christian faith as contained in the scriptures of the Old and New Testaments. Do you believe in God the Father? I, I believe, believe in, in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. Do you believe in Jesus Christ? I
3: believe, I believe in, in Jesus Christ, Christ his, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived, conceived by, by the Holy Spirit, Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, Mary suffered under Pontius Pilate, Pilate was crucified, was died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On, on the third day he rose again. He ascended, ascended into heaven,
2: and seated at the right hand of the Father,
3: and And will come again again to judge the the living and the dead.
2: Do you believe in the Holy Spirit?
3: I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints,
2: the forgiveness of
3: sins,
0: the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting.
3: The Lord be with you, and also with you. Let us pray. Eternal Father, when nothing existed but chaos, you swept across the dark waters and brought forth light. In the days of Noah, you saved those on the ark through water. After the flood, you set in the clouds a rainbow. When you saw your people as slaves in Egypt, you led them to freedom through the sea. The children you brought through the Jordan to the land which you promised. Singing to, to the, the Lord, Lord all, all the earth. earth. Tell of God's God's mercy each day. In the fullness of time you sent Jesus, nurtured in the water of a womb. He was baptized by John and anointed by your spirit. He called his disciples to share in the baptism of his death and resurrection and to make disciples of all nations. Declare his His works to the the nations,
4: his glory among among all the the people.
3: Pour out your Holy Spirit to bless this gift of water and this child who now receives it, to wash away his sin and clothe him in righteousness throughout his life, that dying and being raised with Christ he might share in his final victory. All, All praise, praise to you, eternal, eternal Father, Father, through,
4: through your, your Son, Son Jesus Christ,
3: Christ, who with you in the and the Holy, Holy Spirit lives and reigns forever. forever. Amen. And what name is given this child? This boy wants to come to the waters today. Look at that smile. Thomas Whitfield, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. With the Holy Spirit work within you, that being born through water and the Spirit, You may be a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ.
2: Amen. Amen. Now it is our joy to welcome our new brother in Christ. Through baptism, you are incorporated by the Holy Spirit into God's new creation and made to share in Christ's royal priesthood. We are all one in Christ Jesus. With joy and thanksgiving. We welcome you as a member of the family of Christ.
3: Let us pray. Lord, we continue to pray that you would pour out your Holy Spirit on this your child with. Fill him with your joy in the days to come. Fill him with your power in any challenge that comes his way. Watch over his parents and his family as they strive to raise him to be a man of God. It is our prayer this day, O Lord, that because of what we do this day at the waters of baptism that the world might be different as you raise him up to serve you in mighty ways in the days to come. This we pray in the name of Christ Jesus, our Lord. As all God's people say, amen. Well, when I'm going to take you down here and show you to these folks, because they just made a promise. And they said that they're going to help you in all the days to come. There's your family right there, see? In all the days to come... They're going to help you to know Jesus, and to know the love of Jesus, and to know the call of Jesus on your life. And we pray today that you will grow to be his disciple, to serve him in wonderful and mighty ways. And here's one thing we know about you, you're a smiling baby, and you are excited to be here, and we're excited to share this day with you, amen? Let's sing together.
2: children will come up for the children's message. It is so great to have all of you here today. Today is a special day in the life of the church. It is called Transfiguration Sunday. And it's a day where we celebrate what happens to Jesus on a mountaintop. Yes. What on the mountaintop, is there was a big light. There yeah, so Jesus started glowing, right? Yes. So that's part of what happens on the mountaintop. And as we are uh, talking about this story, I brought something that I'm wondering, Miss Kathy's holding it for me, if anyone knows what that is. Okay, uh, let's see here. How about, do you know? It's a butterfly cage, but do you know what happens inside of that? They call it a butterfly garden. Yes. Yes. Yes, so we are going to order some caterpillars. We had to wait until it was warmer. And so we're going to order some caterpillars and they're going to live in there. And then what happens to the caterpillars next, Abby? Yes, so they Yes, so they they turn into what's called a chrysalis that is like a cocoon. And while they're in the chrysalis, they turn into a butterfly. And then when they first come out, what are the butterflies like when they first come out? Yes. They're very delicate. Anyone have something to add to that? Any, no one? So their, their wings are wet at first, and so they have to live inside of this butterfly garden for a little bit until they can be strong enough for us to let them go free. Um, so I have a Uh, little riddle that you can share with some of your friends and it goes like this what starts as an egg anyone see this what starts as an egg then walks on many legs and eventually uses wings to fly what is that yes yes and so even when the caterpillar is just an egg, it has the potential to become a butterfly, right? And so it just goes through different stages. And Miss Kathy and I were talking about this message. So when you have a kernel of corn that's a seed and you plant it, it can grow into a tall corn plant and it has, gets ears of corn on it. And then we can eat that corn, right? but it's always corn. And so what happens to Jesus is kind of mysterious to us, but Jesus is always Jesus. And I think that's the important message for us today. But I do have a little big word here. Anyone read this word? Yes. Yes, it's metamorphosis, and that is a Greek word. It's the word that um, Matthew uses in his description of what happens to Jesus. So, talking about uh, oh yeah, the metamorphosis of a butterfly. I have some butterflies that you guys can draw when you go back. But Miss Kathy is going. You can pass those around. Miss Kathy is going to say a prayer with us. Okay. Now when we say our prayer, let's close our eyes and bow our heads and we're real quiet so we can talk to God and God can talk to our hearts. Can you repeat after me? Dear heavenly Father. Dear heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for Jesus who teaches us, who teaches us how to receive your power and love. How to receive your power and love so that we can then shine so that we can then shine with your transforming love, healing, and mercy with your transforming love, healing, and mercy just like Jesus did just like Jesus did thank you and amen thank you and amen so you can go back to your seats I'll make sure you all get one of these yes and I think Miss here Pastor Pete's going to help us pass some out Yes, you get one, too. Oh, dear. Here, Miss Kathy's going to finish hanging them out. (laughs) Thank you, Kathy and Pete, for helping.
5: Please join me in praying the prayer for illumination. Speak to us, O Lord our God, and let the fire of your Spirit burn brightly in our hearts. Open our minds to receive the wisdom of the law, the hope of the prophets, and the life of the gospel, Jesus Christ, your living word. Amen. Today's first lesson is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 9, verses 28 through 36, and can be found on page 843 of your pew Bible. Peter has stated that Jesus is the Messiah, and Jesus has predicted his own death and resurrection. Now, eight days after these sayings, Jesus took with him Peter, John, and James, and went up on the mountaintop to pray. And while he was praying, the appearance of his face changed, and his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. Suddenly they saw two men, Moses and Elijah, talking to him. They appeared in glory and were speaking about his exodus, which he was about to fulfill in Jerusalem. Now Peter and his companions were weighed down with sleep, but as they woke, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. Just as they were leaving him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us set up three tents, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah, not realizing what he was saying. While he was saying this, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were terrified as they entered the cloud. Then from the cloud came a voice that said, This is my son, my chosen. Listen to him. When the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone. And they kept silent in those days and told no one of any of the things they had seen. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
2: Our second lesson for today is also from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 9, verses 37 through 43. On the next day, when they had come down from the mountain, a great crowd met him Just then, a man from the crowd shouted, "'Teacher, I beg you to look at my son. He is my only child.' Suddenly, a spirit seizes him, and all at once he shrieks. It convulses him until he foams at the mouth. It mauls him and will scarcely leave him. I begged your disciples to cast it out, but they could not. Jesus answered, "'You faithless and perverse generation,' How much longer must I be with you and bear with you? Bring your son here. While he was coming, the demon dashed him to the ground in convulsions. But Jesus rebuked the unclean spirit, healed the boy, and gave him back to his father. And all were astounded at the greatness of God the word of God for the people of God. God. Let us pray. Holy God, open our hearts and minds to hear you speaking to us today. Send your Spirit to mold us and shape us, so that we may boldly cooperate with your work to transform the world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Today is Transfiguration Sunday, a high holy day on which we celebrate Jesus' divinity and messiahship. Transfiguration Sunday is always celebrated on the Sunday before Ash Wednesday. This is a fitting location in our church calendar because the vision of Jesus transfigured in glory serves to keep us hopeful during the dark days between Jesus's agony on the cross on Good Friday and his resurrection on Easter Sunday. Today, as we listen to our scripture, we ponder the mystery of what happened on the mountaintop and what the events reveal to us about who Jesus is and how the disciples, both those back then and those of us today, are to interact with Jesus. Scholars have used various terms to describe what happened on the mountaintop, terms like epiphany, theophany, Christophany, but all of these terms fall short. Therefore, one scholar notes the term mystery works best because it draws us in and at the same time always just eludes our full comprehension. Luke places the transfiguration narrative about halfway through his gospel as Jesus begins to move toward Jerusalem. Jesus has already performed numerous miracles and healings, including the healing of a leper, healing of a paralytic, restoring Jairus's daughter to life, and raising the widow's son from death. And Peter has just identified him as the Messiah of God. But the disciples do not yet fully understand who Jesus is and what he has come to do. So Jesus invites his inner circle, Peter, James, and John, up the mountain to pray. What happens there serves to answer many of the questions about Jesus' identity and how to be a good disciple. All three Gospels include the story of the Transfiguration, but Luke's Gospel is the only one that includes the detail that the disciples went up the mountain to pray. In fact, the Transfiguration occurs while Jesus is praying. Luke's emphasis on prayer and the power of prayer to connect us with God and with God's healing powers really shows forth in this story. Luke and the three disciples left their colleagues and went up the mountain alone. This shows us that if we want to tap into God's healing power, we too need to set aside time, time apart from others. They took time out of their normal daily routine and entered a new space, a space away from the hubbub of village and town. According to the mystical tradition, a mountaintop is a thin space, a space where the division between heaven and earth is blurred. They are places where when we can hear and see God more easily. So when the cloud covers the mountaintop and we hear God's voice burst forth from the cloud, it reminds us of God's voice at Jesus' baptism. So it reminds us of who Jesus is. But this time, the voice speaks to Jesus' disciples, not to Jesus. And it commands them, this is my son, my chosen. Listen to him. So We are to listen to Jesus Sometimes in the practice of prayer, either alone or in corporate worship, if we really listen, we hear God speaking to us. Most of us do not hear a voice with our ears, but we hear it with our hearts and our minds. And we know that it is God's voice because the words are something that we would not have thought of on our own. Taking time to pray and to listen for God's voice is an important spiritual discipline. It's through this practice that God forms our hearts and our minds. Last week, Pete talked about the importance of listening to our friends of other races. It's through sharing our stories and our hopes and our dreams that we come to know one another deeply and intimately. And through this listening, we grow in our ability to love one another. We are transformed, and the world is transformed. Luke is the only gospel writer to include the dialogue between Jesus and Moses and Elijah. The three discuss Jesus' departure, or exodus, which he is going to accomplish in Jerusalem. Moses' appearance on the mountaintop and Luke's description reminds us of Moses on the mountaintop when he goes up to receive the Ten Commandments. While Moses is there, a cloud covers the mountain, and God speaks to Moses. In today's scripture, Jesus' changed face reminds us that when Moses came down the mountain, his face had also been changed by his encounter with God. Thus, the reference to Exodus, along with Moses' presence, reminds us that Moses leads the Israelite from slavery to freedom during the Exodus, and it also foreshadows Jesus' departure or death leading to salvation and freedom for God's people. The dialogue with Jesus and Moses and Elijah also establishes that Jesus has come to fulfill both the law and the prophets. On the next day, When Jesus and the three come down the mountain, a large crowd meets them. A man from the crowd calls out to Jesus to heal his son. He begs him to do so. At the same time, he informs Jesus that the disciples, the ones who had stayed behind, had been unable to cure his son. When we hear Jesus' response, it takes us aback because it is so humanly filled with exasperation and frustration. He explodes. You faithless and perverse generation, how much longer must I be with you and bear with you? But then his next immediate response is to compassionately heal the son and give him back to his father including this healing narrative right after the transfiguration, reveals the connection between the mountaintop and the work in this town below. Lori Brandt Hale writes, The story of the transfiguration of Jesus loses its power if it does not include the moment when Jesus and the disciples come down from the mountain. Living high up in the rarefied air isn't the point of transfiguration, It was never meant as a private experience of spirituality removed from the public square. It was a vision to carry down a glimpse of the unimagined possibilities at ground level. This year, as we end our series on the beautiful city, we ask ourselves how we as disciples in the 21st century can tap into God's healing power in our city. As just noted, Richmond comes, um, Jesus comes down from the mountain, and he is distressed with his disciples. Part of this is because just 28 verses earlier, Jesus had called all 12 of his disciples together, and he had given them power and authority over all demons and power to enable them to cure diseases. He then sent them out and, quote, to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal. So we don't really know what happened while Jesus was gone and why they weren't able to accomplish this healing. But if we look honestly at our lives, we have to admit the same thing sometimes happens to us. You see, when God creates all of us, God gives us gifts and strengths and passions. Even the little baby that we baptize today has gifts and strengths and passions and is now called to ministry. We are all called to use our gifts, and we are empowered as we grow in our faith to use these gifts. But at sometimes we are filled with doubt, and we wonder if what we do really matters and how we can make a difference. And so that is when it's important for us to remember that we are a part of a community of faith, a community of faith that is committed to spiritual disciplines like prayer and studying scriptures and worshiping together and serving together. It is through the power of community that we are empowered to be agents of change. We grow in our love of neighbor and deepen our relationships by spending time together And listening to each other's stories and hopes and dreams. One of Revley's visions is to be a hub of faith and hope and action in our community and beyond. To do this, we will move out of the walls of our church and connect with our neighbors. One pastor told this beautiful story of her church, so I'll share that with you. Heidi Newmark, a Lutheran pastor in New York City, has served a church for 20 years. When she first arrived at this church, the church was struggling, and the neighborhood around the church was also struggling. Poverty was rampant, and the problems that accompanied poverty, like crime, drug use, lack of education and opportunity, and the lack of hope abounded. The church tended to keep their doors locked tight. They were basically afraid of the world around them. But Newmark arrived, and she encouraged the leaders of the church to make their way outside the doors. And she never told them that it would be painless or easy, but she did say that she knew Jesus was calling them to do this. So when the church unlocked their doors and stepped into the neighborhood. They found what they expected. They found struggle and distress and pain. But as they formed relationships with the members of the community, they also found transformation, not only in their community, but also in themselves. Now, the neighborhood surrounding Reveille is not like the one I just described. But if we move out of our doors and go not very far— just one mile, we will see spots that do look like this. If we drive just six minutes, we arrive at Thomas Jefferson High School. And through conversations with our CIS partners there, we have learned that there are TJ students who are both housing and food insecure. They are 16 years old, and their parents have said, you are on your own. And so they are couch surfing with friends, not knowing where they will sleep or where they will eat. There are also new mothers there in need of support. If we travel, if we walk east with Stephen's walking group, then we come to Carytown and we find homeless individuals. It soon becomes clear that the needs in our community are great. We don't have to travel far to see them for ourselves. Almost every day, I have someone who calls the church looking for assistance with paying the utility bill, with um, making a little part of their rent up so that they will avoid eviction. And we have agencies that help us to meet their needs. But part of what I do is just to figure out what their current situation is and to report that to this agency. Usually, I don't ask them, though, how they ended up in this situation. So recently, in the New York Times, there was an article on February 10th where they interviewed 30 homeless people and asked them a series of questions. And I found this article very, um, both depressing and gut-wrenching and difficult, but also hopeful. And so I invite you all to go to this article on February 10th and just read all of the stories. But for today, I'm going to share two of those stories with you. One is a story about a woman who is a mother of three children. And the interviewer asked her, has anybody ever helped you? And I loved this story because we just celebrated Scout Sunday. And she replied, the Girl Scouts. They invited my girls to join. You see, that is the key. We have to invite people and get to know them. She says, I used to watch them in the recreation room. And one day, I just got really into what they were doing. I went up to them, and I was like, listen, looks like y'all could use some help. And they're like, yeah, sure, come on. You can be a volunteer troop leader. Ever since then, I just have been kicking it with the Girl Scouts. You're supposed to laugh now. That was supposed to be funny. (sighs) I went camping for the first time. Me and my kids, they learned how to build a fire. And we were introduced to the outdoors. Talk about transformation. Another female, a high school student, when asked, what are your hopes for the future, answered, I hope to get into college and become a veterinarian. That's the big thing, because I know if I do that, and I don't change my mind, Hopefully, I can get my mom a house. All she wants is a nice house to be able to live in. She hasn't been able to get that for a while, and hopefully, I'll be the one to give it to her. When I read that, I almost cried. We may not be able to help this particular young woman achieve her dreams, but we can help members of the Reveille community to achieve this dream. We can donate to Reveille's Lenten offering, which will go to benefit a Habitat build. Once the build begins, we can sign up to help, and we can invite our neighbors and our friends to join us also. We can donate food to be distributed through our church pantries. We are collecting food in our Welcome Center now for that purpose. Or we can sign up to help make and deliver the meal for this Thursday's Friends of the Homeless Hot Lunch. The possibilities and the benefits are numerous. Both parts of today's story matter. We cannot truly understand the mystery of Christ's presence in our lives without engaging in the work of healing and justice. Neither can we be sustained in our mission to be agents of God's transformation of the world without relying on the power of the Holy Spirit. Let us hold fast to the relationship between mountaintop and valley, for doing so allows us to be both restored and filled with renewed power. In the name of the creator, redeemer, and sustainer who is always working for peace and justice, amen.
3: Let us pray. Lord God, we give you thanks this day that you are God, that you are good. We give you thanks this day that you have come down into, as we have just heard, that thin space. You have revealed your glory to Jesus and the disciples there on the mountain where we are reminded of your power, we are reminded of your wonder, we are reminded of your presence in our lives. It is our prayer that we as a church go down from the mountain with the disciples, as we go to carry this glory, this wonder, this love, this power, as we move from that place into our community, into this beautiful city of which we have spoken these days. It is our prayer that your glory would go with us, that your wisdom would go with us, that your strength, that your perseverance would go with us. It is our prayer that we could be stewards of that which we have seen on the mountaintop so that we might be means of your grace, so that the city which we have been so bold as to declare beautiful in your eyes, that we might be great stewards of this glory, carrying your hope, your love, and your grace into the lives of every person we meet. Lord, we have spent these weeks speaking about the possibilities in our midst, and it is our continuing prayer that you would continue to send us and equip us and guide us so that we might make a difference, so that this city might be a reflection of your perfect and loving kingdom. Lord, as is our tradition, we take this opportunity to pray for our partner churches. As they gather in worship right now, we pray for them as they pray for us. And we give you thanks for the opportunity to be in ministry with them as we strive to serve this your beautiful city. Lord, we also recognize that each and every one of us bring concerns into this space, people who are on our hearts and minds, joys, hopes, and sorrows. We lift every single one of those up to your throne of grace, asking your hand of power and hope to be upon every petition. For these prayers and others, we offer to you in the strong name of Jesus, who taught us to pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, Here the ushers prepare to come forward in just a moment. We want to tell you about this great opportunity we are beginning in this Lenten season. You may see in your bulletin, but also in an envelope that, is, that you saw on your way in, we are beginning a campaign over these weeks of Lent. It's called Building Walls to Take Down Walls. As we continue, as Kelly spoke about today, we are striving to be a hub of faith hope, and action in our community, and we're going to kick that off by doing something really cool. Many of you may be aware that we are going to be striving in the next year or so to build a house out on our front yard, and we're going to at least build as much as they'll let us build, and then we're going to transport either the walls or portions of the house down to a location in the city of Richmond. We're going to build a house together, and we're going to invite our community to come out and help us build, and we're going to do a great thing so that we can be a hub of faith, hope, and action and uh, be a means of grace of transforming our community. To do that, uh, the cost of that will be $100,000. By the generous gifts of some folks in our church and estates and uh, other parts uh, of our church, we have $50,000 already. But throughout these six weeks, what we'd like to do is raise together as a congregation the other $50,000 so that we can be able to build a house that will take down walls between us and our beautiful city. We'll be talking to you more about that in the weeks to come, but we encourage and invite you uh, to participate generously in this opportunity. That's going to be an exciting thing in the life of our church. We invite the ushers to come forward now and to receive our uh, morning offering. Lord God, we give you thanks for these gifts, which we now present to you on your altar. It is our humble prayer that you would take these gifts and multiply them and use them to serve your kingdom, so that we as your church may be your means of grace, and so that, by your grace, this indeed may be a beautiful city. For it is in the name of Jesus that we offer them to you. Amen. Let us remain standing as we offer our final hymn, number 428, for the healing of the nation. As you go now to serve Christ and your neighbor in all that you do, remember what is happening in the weeks to come, the opportunities that are in front of us. There are Lenten studies that are available. Uh, In addition, don't forget that we will be having a food drive. You can bring those items here uh, for our Lenten food drive. And don't forget Ash Wednesday coming up, obviously, this Wednesday.
2: And as you go forth, may the blessing and power of God be with you now and always. Amen.